Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Get ready for winter driving at Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers with super deals on tires, including up to $200 on new Goodyear tires, plus oil changes, brakes, batteries, and more. For value and savings, click on GoToDobbs.com today. Alongside former Blues superstar defenseman Jamie Rivers, I'm Brandon Kylie. It's Rivers and BK on 101 ESPN. Let's go out to the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line. Happy to be joined by former Blues goalie, now TSN hockey analyst and co-host of Overdrive up in Toronto. He is Jamie McLennan joining us here on Rivers and BK. Jamie, how are you doing today, my friend? Not too bad. And you? Yes. Superstar defenseman Jamie Rivers. <laughs> <laughs> you like that, buddy? I love that. How are you guys doing today? Oh, we're good. We're good. It's a sunny day here in the Lou. I'm hanging out with my buddy BK. We're having a good time, man. How about yourself? I am driving from Calgary, Alberta to Edmonton, Alberta, and it is a wasteland in between of just farmland. So if I if I cut out, it's because there's no cell tower whatsoever in Alberta. But uh, no, it's good. I'm, I'm uh, after all of this COVID. I've been locked down for about a hundred days, so I've, I've got an opportunity to to fly out and and visit my family. So I'm looking forward to that and. And who knows, maybe Edmonton will be a hub city one of these days if the NHL can ever make a decision on that. Well, all right, I guess no messing around. We'll just we'll go right into it, right? Because we just had uh, Joey Vitale in, does radio for the Blues. And look, I was under the impression that Vegas was a lock to get this mm-hmm. hub city thing. Well, it's starting to trend that Edmonton has got, you know, a, a real good chance of this. And now Toronto. So here we are, right? You're headed to Edmonton. You live and yeah. work in Toronto. Give us the scoop here. Well, I don't have any scoops other than the fact that I don't know if you saw it was kind of trending on, on Twitter, but the premier of Alberta put out a video saying, come to Edmonton, and it didn't show any pictures or video of Edmonton. It was like, <laughs> it's like, the mountains and and like and so people put up like joking videos of like the Statue of Liberty in the background and the Eiffel Tower. Come to Edmonton and, and people, like the the Edmonton I know is is pretty gritty. There you know there's there's some gritty casinos and stuff like that around. But I think you know with the COVID numbers, uh, you're looking at hub cities that are um, you know basically trying to have a. Uh, an area where you can have a, a safe environment. So to me, that's what you're looking at. Um, you know, and I'm hoping we can do that. You know, uh, it, it, you know, to me, Edmonton is a, uh, a place that, you know, they, they can house the 12 teams and, uh, you know, they'll get it done. So I, I, I think Edmonton could be a, a real viable situation. And, and then you're going to have uh, uh, Toronto, I think, has been, you know, hit or miss. But ultimately, it, it's because um, the numbers are still going pretty high in Ontario. So I think they're trying to settle that down. Now, Noodles, we were talking to uh, Night Train, Jason Strudwick, yesterday uh, and getting his perspective on the Edmonton bid for this. And 
He informed us of the JW Marriott that's there and that they have these, I call them the hamster tunnels, to where you walk over and across and go to places without actually going outside. Does Toronto have anything like that set up if in case they do pick Toronto? Uh, yes, I, I think they've got a, a wealth of... My understanding is Toronto put in a, a, a separate, like kind of almost a rebid, and they've got uh, a couple of situations where down by the expo, uh, they would almost block that off, downtown Toronto, and, and build the hub there and have a couple hotels in that vicinity basically you know, shut down and quarantined for the team. So they've got the, the means to do it. Absolutely. They've got enough rinks. They've got enough uh, uh, facilities for each team to have their own, uh, you know, separate setup. But to me, when you're looking at, like like Struddy said, in Edmonton, the JW Marriott is joined to the rink. They could create a bubble. They could create a safe environment where everyone would be, um, you know, to me, uh, at least have the opportunity to be safe, you know, from, you know, outside exposure. I think Toronto, they would have to work at it a little bit more, but they could create it. And that's the one thing, as you guys know, the Maple Leafs have nothing but money. MLSE will throw any amount of money to make this uh, a, a safe place, especially I think the Maple Leafs want to host. I know home ice advantage won't really mean much, much, but it would be nice, I think, for them and the hockey market to have it in Toronto. We're talking to former Blues goaltender Jamie McLennan here on Ribs and BK on 101 ESPN. Jamie, so in your opinion, do you think that it is likely at this point that we end up having two hub cities in Canada? I think so. And the other thing that gets thrown around, guys, is the Canadian dollar is so weak right now. So, you know, the league is trying to recoup. I think the losses, they've talked about, what, $1.2 billion dollars? Um, they could be hemorrhaging if they don't have us uh, the rest of the season. If you could get four or five hundred million back, uh, you know, to fulfill some of the TV rights and some of the sponsorship, you know, to me that's helping with escrow. That's helping with the future of the league. Uh, and and you know, you're trying to save money. Well, the American dollar is going to go a lot farther in Canada than it is per se in Vegas or in LA or in Chicago, the other uh, hubs that are being looked at right now. So that's something that has to be, uh, you know, at least focused on is economically, it might be a little bit more feasible for the league to have the two hubs in Canada. Now, Noodles, um, I talked to Struddy about this yesterday too, and it's just kind of like it's it's been on the forefront of my thoughts when I heard this, but... Rumors have been going around that the NHL would contemplate and are contemplating taking, like, the Western Conference and plopping them in, let's say, Toronto and taking the Eastern Conference and plopping them into, you know, Vegas or, let's say, Edmonton because they don't want to have a team with home ice advantage. To me, I feel like it's the league just really overthinking things, but is there something different that you think about that? No, I ribs. I agree a hundred percent. I think you're overthinking it um, to the point where you know there's going to be no fans in the stands. I, I don't think that any team will be able to work out of their own home dressing room, even if it was Edmonton, Vancouver, or or Toronto. Uh, and they're not going to get the prime TV slots every time. If there's a game at one o'clock, they're going to play at one o'clock. If there's a game at four o'clock or at seven. Or if you know, or at ten o'clock Eastern, like you're going to have to do it. So to me, um, I, I think why would you take 
every team has 50 people, players and personnel that's going to go somewhere. Why would you put them on a plane to a different city than, it, than allow them to stay in the bubble and not have the expense of travel if you are looking at it economically? I, I get it that the league is not looking to play favorites, but to your point, Rip, I think it's, it's almost like you're overthinking every aspect why not simplify it and just go, hey, if it's Edmonton and Toronto, those teams can play in their respective, uh, you know, home cities. But the players aren't going to be able to venture out and stay at their condos and that. They're going to have to stay on site with everyone else. There's going to be no preferential treatment. Now, Jamie, from a player perspective, I, I'm, I would imagine that you've certainly talked with some of these guys. How much do they care? of whether it be Vegas or Edmonton or Toronto or whatever combination of the two of the three, how much do they care of which one it's ultimately going to be versus just telling them, hey, be ready to go and it's going to be here on this day? Guys, I think it's all about, first and foremost, every player I've talked to is all about safety. I don't think they care where it is and and, and when it is. It, you know, I think everyone right now, it's almost like you're 50% in mentally because you're waiting going, okay, you know, I'd like a concrete date. You know, Ribs, you can speak to this. It's, you know, during the lockout, you're, you're, you're working out and you're like, okay, are we going to play? Are we not going to play? Like, what's going on? You're, you're in shape, but your mind isn't there yet because you're like, give me a concrete date that I can work towards. And I think the players are the same way, but you add in another layer of safety and not being able to potentially see your family for two weeks to two months, depending on how long your team goes on a run. So there's a lot of different factors that come in for these guys. Um, I, I have no doubt for the most part, I think 98% of the guys are in shape. There's 2% uh, like me that had a bag of milk for, for a body that, uh, you know, it didn't matter how hard you were going to work. You just, you weren't going to be in, uh, you weren't, you know, you weren't a, a physical specimen. There's a couple guys that would eat themselves out of the league, but outside of that, <laughs> honestly, um, it's more the mental aspect. So the guys I talk to about, it's just about the safety. Are, are we going to be in a safe enough space, and am I going to be upset that I'm not going to be able to potentially see my wife and kids and family for up to two months? Yeah, now, Noodles, look, the last thing, uh, two little things I want to cover with you here. One is for some of our listeners who may not know this, you had a bout, a very serious bout with meningitis back in your playing career here in St. Louis that was almost deadly for you. You had a really tough recovery uh, during that time and came back and played for a long time after. So two things. One, how have you been handling this COVID situation? Because I know it had to be concerning for you. Yeah, I mean, uh, as you know, Prongs used to call me the bubble boy on the best of days. So, um, you know, I'm not lying. Like, I have been in, uh, you know, I've isolated my family at the groceries delivered, you know, wash things with the Lysol wipes before they come in the house. We haven't seen any friends or family. You know, Toronto was a hot spot, and the numbers have subsided a little bit. But for the most part, the the... You know, we just haven't been able to see anybody. We've just kind of done our thing. Um, the numbers are starting to get better in Toronto, so I've, I've ventured out a little bit. That's why I jumped on a plane uh, with a full mask and gloves and came out to Alberta to, to visit my family. But it is weird. Uh, so, you know, do I have a pre-existing condition because I had meningitis when I was 25? I don't know. 
you know, if everybody, everybody's going to get COVID at some point, if they are, I don't know. I'm not a medical doctor. I'd much rather get it six months from now where you hope there's a vaccine or a treatment, uh, not right now where I unfortunately don't want to be, you know, in that small percentage that, that we are seeing deaths. We are seeing uh, some really, you know, bad things happen. So, you know, I've, been, I've protected my family, protected myself. And, uh, you know, hopefully we're coming out of this as a, as a, as a world. But, uh, you know, the numbers are quite striking still, especially, you know, in the States. It's, it's really unnerving. Now, Noodles, follow up to that with uh, you battling through the meningitis and coming back. You won the Bill Masterton Trophy in the NHL. And uh, it was quite an accomplishment. Certainly it was an awesome time. Now, St. Louis's nomination for that this year is Jay Bowmeister. What about the Jay Bowmeister, in your opinion, now being a former winner, what about his story would make you believe that he should be the guy to receive it? Well, I mean, everything about Bo, and you guys know him, he just is, is such a pro. Like, you want to... The, the definition of the trophy is dedication to hockey. This guy doesn't miss games. This guy plays 30 minutes a night or 25 to 30. You know, like... Um, He's been on every stage. Now he's a Stanley Cup winner, but he's a you know a gold medal uh, winner. Like this is a guy who, uh, right from he was I guess twelve years old, has been touted as a star, and he's played on the best stages and been one of the best players out there. Uh, to me, the dedication to hockey uh, has to be in the forefront, and and that's. You know, to the tribute, like how many times, Ribs, like I know you battled through injuries and, you know, and if you had the flu or something, you know, you, there were nights maybe where you're like, ah, the hell with it. I'm not playing tonight. Like the, the, Jay Bowmeister didn't have any of those nights. Obviously, he had the medical episode. But to me, uh, you know, that is the definition of the dedication to the game. Like the, de- the definition of the trophy is exactly what Jay Bowmeister is. So. He has to be, you know, to me, a front runner to, to win it. There's a couple guys that have to be right there, but Bo would be, you know, in my top three for sure. Talking to former Blues goaltender Jamie McClinnon here on Ribs and BK. Jamie, final question that I have for you. You played with this knucklehead that I work with every day, Jamie Rivers, back in the day. Do you have any good Jamie Rivers stories oh for our audience? <laughs> uh, you know what? That's. Uh, uh, this isn't HBO radio or anything. We're not going to throw anybody under the bus. Uh, I, I will say, you know, you make lifelong friends. And that's the one thing I miss about hockey is that camaraderie uh, in the dressing room, the, the chirping, the, you know, the laughs, all of that. I, I, I miss that every day of my life, not being in that room. But, you know, he's a dear friend. We may not see each other every day, but it's it's. You know, if I haven't seen him in a year, the first thing I want to do is give him a hug because I miss him and I love him. So, you know what? We've got lots of great stories, lots of, you know, uh, some stories over some beverages, stuff <laughs> like that. I, To be honest, there's nothing I can really throw him under the bus for. <laughs> I, other than I'll throw myself under the bus. Ribs, do you remember where I gave you some stitches because I thought I could handle the puck? Yeah, I do I remember, remember that. that. You, you yeah. thought you were going to be a hero that night. <laughs> 
What a guy. For, <laughs> hey, let's set the stage, okay? Jamie McLennan was a stand-up goalie back in the day. And, you know, look, he wasn't a puck handler, right? Like, he's no Ben Bishop with the puck. The other team pulls their goalie, and I'm headed back because I'm trying to get to the puck first. I'm given the shoulder check because I don't know what mouth breather is chasing me down the ice at that point. And as I yeah. turn back towards my own goalie, well, Noodles is going for it. He's going to try and yeah. score a goal. Yeah. Well, guess where it goes, BK? In the mouth? Right between my eyes. Yeah. And I'm yeah. cut open, and then the puck stays live, and we're scrambling around. I'm bleeding like a stuck pig. Yeah. yeah. Was, uh, I will say I remember it vividly because my eyes lit up. I'm like, it was a cross-corner dump, and it came right to the middle. Like, oh, my God, I can shoot this. I can score. And I raised the puck, and you turned right into it. I hit you right between the eyes. I will say this. This is how tough you were. You didn't go down, and you didn't quit on the play. Blood everywhere. You were blocking shots and trying to get the it – was, it was awesome. But, you know, that was in the minors in Worcester. You got called up that night after the game. So I guess there was a silver lining. You, uh, you got, I think, six or seven stitches or whatever. But you were in the show uh, about eight hours later. So it ended up working out. Well, they were trying to get me away from you so I could stay healthy. <laughs> that's true that's true i had hands like feet and i was showing it that night i'll tell you that's uh, jamie, jamie mcclennan <laughs> joining us here on ribs and bk jamie thanks so much for the time today man you're the best we'll talk with you soon okay absolutely thanks for having me guys i love you noodles love you too buddy that's jamie mcclennan here on ribs and bk that guy's awesome oh my god he's he's welcome anytime He's awesome. He was a fantastic teammate. And, yeah, we have a ton of stories that we lived together through the minors, through the NHL. It was some really good times. It seems like a lot of your best friends are the ones, or at least the ones that we've talked to so far, are the ones that you were with in the minors. And there, there's got to be something about that experience that it brings you guys together. because It's, it's a whole other animal. It is the jungle. Playing in the minors in the early 90s, it was like being... A pro, both predator and prey in the jungle, and you played three and three, and then you'd play four games in five days, and you'd travel 20 hours through the night and arrive and play, and it was it was gritty. That's Jamie Rivers. I'm Brandon Kiley. It's Ribs and BK. Are we sure? We'll play a little game of that next on 101 ESPN.